1: Hello, and welcome to episode 93 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up and comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host mr blasco and as always i am joined by my good friend the co-host from the other coast mr mike mallory
0: what's up my brother blasco uh live here well this won't be live but we are recording on sunday this episode comes out monday november 12th i am down in orlando at the unstoppable recording machine summit uh which you were here as well but unfortunately had to go back early um yeah so we were talking about doing this one together in person but we'll, we'll get there on or around episode 100 huh <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was crazy man those uh it was looking to be a good time out there at, at the uh summit but the fires were calling man la was uh under some serious devastation so i made the i made the, the call to you know to head back to la just to keep an eye on things just in case they head my way and let me tell you brother they got uncomfortably close yeah
0: i mean no doubt you know it's a shame to see you leave but of course with good reason and um you know, our our hearts. My heart is out there with you and everybody else dealing with it. You know, there's, it's crazy when stuff hits close to home. You know, it's like you really do kind of feel it with a little bit more impact. And um, I'm gonna throw a, sh- a, a link in the show notes. A good friend of ours, booking agent guy Dan Rosenblum, that you know uh, books many of the bands that you know, or at least you know works for a company 33 and West, with a couple other agents that we've worked with for so many years his house in malibu um actually burned to the ground so they've got a go page up you know i think malibu at least when i was a kid you know before i moved out or you know been visiting out in la you know you think malibu you think everybody's rich and loaded you know that's not the case with dan you know they, they just chose to live in, in that area because uh, of the lifestyle is my understanding and you know i can't imagine what it's like to lose everything so if you guys got a buck or two or anything they've got a go page up and we'll throw that link in the show notes no doubt uh in the last episode we
1: chatted about releasing it right that was a really great episode so check it out if you haven't already today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at Rockabilia.com. go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet use our code pc jabberjaw and get 15 percent off your entire order
0: Hell yeah! And it is holiday season. It's in full effect. Black Friday's coming up, and uh, Rockabilia, as you guys know, have over half a million items. So many things for you, your friends, the family. You know, I think when we recorded this last year, uh, I talked about when I was a kid, and you know, I found punk rock and hardcore. I remember, you know, telling my my mom that I wanted the Minor Threat VHS tape, you know, live at the 9:30 Club, and I think I gave her like a Maximum Rock and Roll ad print out for a discord you know uh classic one of those advertisements and you know i think by the time she tracked it down and found that it was well after christmas and of course you know I was about the age where i think i quit crying well maybe not i don't think i've ever quit crying (laughs) uh but you know i was disappointed it's one of those things i really wanted it she'd asked me what i wanted and you know the beauty of the age we live in many of you guys hopefully can't relate to that but you know there are things that are hard to 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 find and you know your parents they they might not know they might not want to go to the freaking cryptic slaughter merch page wherever that is hidden in the you know the uh ethers of the world <laughs> uh no. they might want to go over to com and, and find stuff that they can not only get for you know those of you that are listening to some of the um you know less popular or less uh you know pop culture bands but they can also find something for their significant other who might be into who knows acdc or 21 pilots or prince or whoever it may be so there's tons of stuff over there all types of um you know, garments, all types of accessories. Rockabilly are the best. They support us as a podcast and the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. So PC Jabberjaw is your code for 15% off. Today's
1: episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at bandzoogle.com, where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code mental to get 15% off the first year of your subscription.
0: Yeah, man, those guys are great as well. Uh, if you're looking to build a band website and and in fact, you know, they recommend that you should It make it really easy to do. You can aggregate things like Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, your merch store. You know, I don't, I haven't played around on it lately, but I think it's, you know, just really simple to put it all in one place, own your domain, you know, own your traffic and Banzoogle are the people that, um, you know, help you out with that. So mental is the code 15% off your first year subscription. And while you're over there, you know, they've got some great blogs we've covered some of those on previous episodes just can't can't recommend those guys enough
1: this week we talk about making sure your album is release ready this is going to be killer so let's get mental
0: oh yeah i like it and you know what in the spirit of what's going on down here at the urm summit um i want to give everybody a discount that listens to this podcast um you know, on the release it right program that we have at outer loop coaching. So head over to the show notes. I'm working with my partner as we speak. I just pulled this one. I called an audible while I was down here and I'm calling an audible today. Um, I'm re-inspired by that product. We've got one that we did with ice nine kills with their uh silver scream album release. So head to the show notes and uh, use that, use whatever code we throw in there and, and check it out and let, let me know what you think. Yeah.
1: Um, so I was cruising the interwebs for today's episode, and um I stumbled across a post by our friend Angela Mastro Giacomo, um who we've used many
0: an episode for, and I think you uh, just it, like to prove that you can pronounce her name I do. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: do. She hasn't told me that I mispronounce it. So, uh, that's good. Um, but anyway, she wrote this article and it is called the checklist to decide if your album is release ready. And a lot of times that we dig into these types of things, it's sort of, uh, you know, it can cross, uh, various boundaries of, well, it could be a video release. It could be an EP release could be a single release, but I really think today I want to focus on the album release because I think that the importance of focusing on the album is that there's so mu- not like there should be more work that goes into it, but there should be a higher level of expectation in putting behind the effort to release an album because an album, you're requiring someone to give up upwards of an hour of their time to commit to listening to it and engaging with your album, right? Whereas like a single or a video or whatever, it's three minutes, three, four minutes, you know, it's, it's, it's not as much of a commitment. So, um, I think for today, let's focus on what, and uh, the, the checklist for album release. Got to so- love it.
0: You know, you're speaking directly to me. I can hear you. You know that I like to take things and apply them to everything. And I, I like it. Let's do focus on the album. You know, the precursor to that is well, you know, and the reason why you've got to point that out is when we talk about content, there are so many things that that do make sense. You know, we'll talk about the quality of it. We always want you to release quality stuff, but how exciting. And you're right. An album is an investment. And, you know, especially in the genres that that you and I cover. And from the age, you know, that you and I got into music, it's like, those are still important to us. Um, so I'm excited about this one, man, full hour of an album. I don't know when the last time I listened to an album that was a full hour, but, uh, I'm, I'm more a fan of like the 25 to 35 minute ones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Totally. So, uh, it starts off like this. Before you go releasing an album on a whim, make sure you are release ready so you get the maximum impact and exposure for that album. Ask yourself, do you have the following? Number one, enough time. Do you have enough time? Whether you're hiring a publicist or doing a DIY campaign, you want to start that campaign eight weeks ahead of release date, which means you need to start getting in touch with the publicist or organizing your DIY campaign at least three to four months ahead of release date. As tempting as it can be to get your mastered tracks on a Thursday and release the album on a Friday, cutting off your lead time is only going to screw yourself And ultimately your fans over.
0: Yeah. And I think this is so much more important when you go into an album and, you know, not to always hone in on my own product of release it right. You know, uh, that said, we went into it with so many of these types of things in mind. And it's because of the experience, you know, of, of the things that you and I have done. You know, I've participated in over 100 uh, releases in, in some capacity, whether I was the manager, or the record label, um, or consulting in some type. And when you're talking about an album, you really need to start planning this stuff long before you go into the studio. You know, you and I talk about reverse engineering things. You know, I would almost say you want to look at what your ideal release date is. You know, and of course, if you're sitting here, you know, here we are in November, if you and I were talking about recording our album, you know, Blasco and Mike sing the hits. We might be saying, hey, let's get a record out in June of next year. Going to aim to get a great tour during that time. But inevitably, by the time things are all said and done, it could be July that we find that tour. It might even be as soon as May. But we've got a general idea of early summer that we want to have that release date. So we've got to start backtracking from there and know, okay, you know, we're going to go into the studio, We're probably going to have to, you know, hopefully we've got a guy already, you know, time reserved. But if not, we've got our own resources where we'll be able to start working in December. You know, we'll have that thing done in January. You know, so that's really the types of thinking that goes in. And with, you know, an album in particular, uh, you know, I used to think three months was the ideal time. Frame uh, to start an album promo campaign. Um, I think it is depending on the magnitude of the release, how many you know the profile of the release. I think you can um, move that up to you know uh, two months if if necessary. Um, you know she's saying three to four months here. You know the time frame is a, a little bit debatable, but yes, the more amount of time that you have because you're going to be rolling out you know, a lot of content during this period leading up to release date. So time is, is really that number one factor. I like that. She uh, puts this one first.
1: Yeah. And in terms of rolling out content over the course of time from, you know, to a leading up to release date, two or three months, whatever it is, you're going to need number two, which is a game plan. This is an important one. You need to have a pretty clear idea of what's happening and then follow that agenda rather than just acting on impulse. Don't make the mistake of excitedly rushing forward and assuming you'll figure it out as you go. You'll put, in, you'll, you'll put a lot of time and money into the new release and you want to take your time to make sure it gets heard.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, you know, I was a little bit ahead of myself in point number one, when I'm talking about looking all the way down the road to when we want to release it and backtracking to, you know, setting up the recording dates. That's kind of, you know, I mean, you could even go further backwards and say, okay, do we have the right songs, right? If you and I were going to go record in December, you know, hopefully we've already started writing songs or collaborating with songwriters or whatever our process is. And that's your game plan is really looking at that entire period. And once you've got that, you know, then you can hone in on the little, um, micro components of that. One of which is once it's all said and done and you've got all of your assets, you've got enough time for that DIY campaign, but ultimately you do, you got to have a roadmap if you're going to get to your destination.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can kind of summarize one and two up into something that I've said here, you know, a lot is that like, man, you, you, You're gonna hurt yourself if you're in a hurry. Do not be in a hurry. Finish the album, take a step back, take a deep breath, and then craft a plan. What is the best time of year for you to release a record? And why is that? Um, Does it give you enough time? Is there a tour around it? Is there a release around it? In that amount of time, whether it's one month or three months, do you have enough time to get the artwork, all the assets, all the content together? You don't, you can. I feel like you can bullet point out a basic necessity in terms of timeline of when the pre order goes up, when you shut the pre order down, when the album is released, when it goes to Spotify. There's important moments, but I believe in terms of distributing content. There does also at times need to be a level of sort of flying flying by the seat of your pants, you know. Like there, there can be because you you gotta you can't so meticulously predict everything. Sometimes you got to roll with what starts to catch fire and then you throw a little bit of more fuel on that, you know, aspect or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just feel like don't be in a hurry.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I I like your last point there. I mean, you know, if you're a fan of sports, you know, most coaches are going to go into a game with a game plan. That doesn't mean that they've scripted out every time they get the ball, no matter what the sport is, they're going to do this play, that play, this play, that play, you know, football, for instance, they might have their first three downs scripted out, but if they see that the defense Is completely changed, they're going to still keep to their game plan, most likely, but they might have to call some audibles on the individual plays. And so, though we want you to map out a timeline, you know, we do cover a lot of that stuff and release it right. You do have to be flexible. I mean, how many times have you and I gone in and said, Oh man, it'd be great to have that tour in June? We get the tour in June, right? But then something's not right. Some some of the material's not right. Okay, well, as long as we've got a track out or two tracks out or three tracks out, we're pushing pre orders during that tour, right? Maybe something will come together together even better for the actual release. So I like it. You know, I think that's great advice, Blasco. You guys, it's like have the roadmap, but understand that if there, you got to take a detour um, and you're, and it gets you to your destination a little bit faster because there's a road closed or there's an obstacle. That's really the way that uh, we want you to approach this.
1: Yep. Number three, high res press photos. Take the time to figure out your brand and what mood you're going for, and then do your research on a photographer who has experience working with bands on promo photos. Press photos really do set the tone for press, fans, and the industry as a whole, so don't skimp on this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this can be said for a lot of the the content that will go into it, you know, whether it's cover art, press photos, uh, merch designs, you know. I always encourage artists to, like she says there, you know, do a little bit of research on a photographer, but also you got to come to the table with some examples. You know, I think the more you can kind of flush out your direction to hand to the photographer and then you guys start collaborating, that's where you're going to end up with the best results. Um, If you just go in blind and hire a great photographer and say, I don't know what I want, you know, some of them will be able to luckily pull some stuff together for you, but you know, it, everything that we do in this business is collaborative. You know, you got to remember the photographers are artists in and of themselves and they want to work with you to to bring out your best vision of what you see yourself as.
1: Yeah. This is one that is probably pretty easily to not take seriously because everyone has a phone in their pocket, but the reality is it's more than just standing behind the opposite end of the lens. Like it's really capturing a mood. And like you said, it's like, it should be part of the bigger picture of what is the album? What is the album cover? What is the art? What is the packaging? What is the video? What is the mood? What is the tone that you want to set? And those photos have to be in conjunction with whatever the mood and tone it is that you're setting. Um, and it's also important too, that you've got, I mean, look, a record campaign could last a year and a half, you know, a year, year and a half, two years. You want to make sure that you've got a bunch of options as well. Like if you're going to spend the, and the money on a photographer, that's capturing a specific mood and tone, you want to make sure that you've got a bunch of stuff to dig into that way. Whenever you're six months into the release, you start to, you start to put up some photos that still have the same mood and tone, but aren't the same photos that everyone's already been seeing the last
0: six months, you know? So this is important. I was going to say on on that same notion, um, you know, speak to your publicist and ask, you know, what do we need? You know, what setup do we need? How many landscapes versus portraits? Do we need individuals? You know, a lot of the stuff. And if you're, you know, first starting out, you and your publicist might not even know. And to Blasco's point, you know, if you are starting out and you've got a low budget dur- during this period, you know, you might want to think, OK, how can we set aside some money or have a plan to make some money? So in six months, we can do a, a second shoot, you know, preferably with the same photographer, maybe not the exact same wardrobe, maybe not the exact same setting since season's transition. A lot of times I like to make sure that we've got photos that you know, almost like a a fashion magazine. When spring comes around, you don't want to still be wearing, um, you know, the the parkas and the beanies, Um, you know, for those of us that don't live in California full time. uh, You know, we can't, (laughs) if we take the photos in December, most likely we're wearing warm weather clothing. Um, So, those are things to consider. And, You know, really, it just it can just really set the tone of what people see and think of you. If you do it right, I mean, you know, again, I'll name this client by name, but Ice Nine Kills, we really meticulously went and did a fantastic photo shoot. We rented a hearse. We got a great photographer. We, you know, collaborated with her, brought her in really, you know put all of our ideas together and the results speak for themselves. Uh, the, The photos that we've been rolling out surrounding Halloween, you know, that go with the hearse and the lighting and everything, they just, I think it really took that campaign to the next level.
1: Number four, a professionally written bio. If you or someone in your circle is a stellar writer, fantastic. If not, this is another one of those things you'll probably want to hire out for. Whatever you choose, be sure that your bio is compelling and offers a look at who you are and what you're all about. This is one of your first chances at connection, so don't miss it.
0: You know, it's kind of amazing because I think so many of us, and especially the younger aspiring artists, you know, we've got a short attention span nowadays and having a full length bio can seem like, you know, a, why are we doing this type of task? That said, you got to remember a lot of the professional press are, they are, they're professional still. And they're going to want to read through that bio and, you know, pull out points that, that might make sense to them you know to cover or to hone in on when they're going to you know to, to have coverage for your band so you know i can't recommend this enough either and, and what i'll say is a lot of you know, bio writers will do their own research. They'll typically call and do an interview with the band, but, you know, having the things that you really think are important that you think will stand out to, you know, to to really set yourself aside. Obviously you're trying to do that with your music. You're trying to do it with your content, but you should also try to do that with your approach to how you want, you know, your story told. Here's my bio tip of the day. Um, you may think
1: that it's impressive that you've been a band for a long time, but it's not. If you've been a band since 2003, do not include that. Like, do not say that it, because it just, because what happens is, is that people in the industry will be like, wow, these dudes have been kicking around for a while and nothing's really happened. No. It's okay to lie in your bio. It's okay to exaggerate. It's okay to make things up. It's okay to make the story interesting because at the end of the day, you are competing with hundreds of thousands of other young bands' bios out there. So if you got to do something to get attention for your bio, great, do it, make it up, make something up, make a story up, who cares? It doesn't (laughs) matter, you know? Damn, (laughs) <laughs> yeah but 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 my <laughs> like going back to my tip it's like make sure that whatever it is that you've been a band for a relatively short amount of time and i think that that is going to resonate
0: All right, I'm going to say that you can embellish things and sort of minimize things if that's what's important to you. So, you know, instead of outright lying and making things up, but hey, look, Blasco's got his own recipe for success and I'm not knocking it. I'm just speaking from my own experience. I'll say that, uh, you know, to me, it's about, you know, yeah. Kind of like minimizing certain things. If you've been a band since 2003, you don't have to include that, as he said. You know, I always go back to uh, Good Clean Fun, the band I played in, and the first bio that our singer wrote. It was hilarious. You know how you try to highlight, you know, bands if you were in former bands or you've got something of note? He always put like, you know, and bass player, Mike. And then in parentheses, he put like, sick of it all which would be in bold right which is a band and then afterwards not in bold he just put fan like so it looked like i had some association with sick of it all but if you read it if you actually read it it just said that i was a sick of it all fan which i just thought was hilarious it was was a great way for us to go include a whole bunch of names that we really had nothing to do with other than they were inspirations to us and allowed us to put those in bold so
1: And that's the kind of thing I'm, you know, I'm talking about you as a guy that's been on, you know, different sides of the industry for the bulk of your lifetime. And that's the one bio that stands out to you, you know, because of that. And, and it's like, you know, like, it's just important to have something in there. That's going to stick with people. I guess is my, my point there. Um, number five, active social media. If you release an album and no one is there to hear it, did it ever really release? Well, yes, but unfortunately you won't get that opportunity back. So you want to make sure when it comes to reveal, you have people actually waiting to hear it. This means having an active and engaged social media presence well ahead of release so that fans are eagerly waiting to hear the new material share it and comment on it
0: yeah i mean i think this one speaks for itself um or at least it should because if you are out there doing things it does need to be active i would i would say you know one of the things that i see happen a lot that i try to encourage artists to stray away from is if you're shooting a video let's say you know it's november 12th and you're shooting a video today that's going to come out in January, you know, lay off the Instagram stories and all of the behind the scenes stuff on your own Instagrams or your band's Instagram, you know, that give away the entire thing right now. You want to save so much of that stuff. It doesn't mean that you can't post something pertaining to it, but I just find that, you know, it leaves such less of an impact if you do it that way. Save that stuff, have that plan and understand that stuff that you are doing now needs to build towards having an engaged uh social media fan base and i think we'd both say the same for streamings you know streaming platforms are going to go into this category since we don't have another category for them but you know i've got an artist who just recorded an album um you know and we're looking at what we're going to do release wise next year and we're already starting to ramp up the spotify um followers you know with some of the can't some of the um strategies that, that, you know, we've, we've built here and, um, you know, just to make sure that, yeah, like she says, it's engaged and active.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is pretty much a no brainer. Uh, anybody, you know, listening to the show or anyone, I mean, it's like, you know, that you need to have social media and if you feel like you're not good at it, then you need to get good at it. The reality is, is that social media is the porthole into fans. You're building a fan base and connecting and engaging with those fans. And the whole point is, is that you share something with them and, the, the agenda is, is that they share it with someone that isn't currently a fan so that you get then more fans. That's the whole idea. So, um, yeah, you have to, you have to be good at social media. You, and, and, and once again, like she says here, if you release an album and no one is there to hear it, did it ever really release? And it's like, don't be in a hurry to release, build some fans so that whenever your album does come out, there is someone to send it to, there is someone that's going to engage with it, and there is someone that's going to share their, share it with their friends, and hopefully then you'll start to build more fans. This is very important.
0: And the Mike Mowry tip of the day on this one is while you're doing this on your own, start to look at who your allies are that can help you promote things as you put them out. If you're in a local band and there's other local bands, you've got promoters, whatever you have relationships with it, you know, once you get to be big time, these accounts are called influencers. That said, anyone can influence an opinion if they've got a social media account. So start to think about who's going to be on your team and how you deliver them that information. Don't expect your best friend to wake up, look at your account the day that something comes out and know exactly what to post. You've got to feed them the assets and feed them suggested posting language along with appropriate tags. Of course, they're able to change up your wording into something that's more personalized. But I found whenever we've done that with our artists, we stand such a better chance of it actually, you know, kind of uh, busting through the algorithms and going viral, if you will.
1: Final number six grit. If you're reading this, you already know that being a musician takes a lot of grit. It requires long hours, complicated feelings, and a lot of planning and organization in addition to the creativity that probably got you into this in the first place. When you're planning to release a new album, you should be incredibly excited. This is a momentous occasion. But when you're also looking to gain traction around it, be it from fans, press, or other industry, it's going to take work and there are going to be some rejections. It's just part of the process. Try not to take it personally or to let it get you down. You're here, you're awesome, and you have a lot to share and give to the world. So get out there and show them what you got.
0: Dude, that's amazing. And sometimes, you know, this stuff you you think, I mean, I've got to remind myself of this sometimes. You know, we can only control what we can control. You know, if you go out there and you've got a game plan, let's go back to that football analogy. And, you know, you're you got a great quarterback who throws long touchdowns and you happen to be playing in the middle of a windy rainstorm. You're going to have to switch things up so you can only control certain things. You can't control the weather conditions. You can't control how people are going to react to your album. You can only control whether you put a game plan together, whether you allotted enough time, whether you put the right content in terms of press photos and everything else, whether you have a professionally written bio and whether you've got active and engaged social media. Think about that. That's really some simple steps if you break them down. And then, yeah, you get out there and you hustle in a way that, you know, the artists that I've had success with, and I'm sure you can echo this, Blasco, are the ones that told themselves there is no other choice. It doesn't mean that just because they woke up and said that, that, the you know, like, you know, they were able to channel Moses and part the Red Sea. You know, it was no. They had to whether you know they were getting favorable reactions or whether they were getting unfavorable reactions they had a channel that inner desire to make it at all costs regardless of the obstacles put in their way
1: yeah good stuff i can't agree more so hey check out this uh, article if you get a chance uh other than that we are concluding episode 93. thank you for tuning in we will be back here next week in the meantime you can find me on twitter and instagram at blasco 1313 we encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com if you have listened this far much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands mike any final carding thoughts?
0: You guys can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at mycoloop. I want to give a huge shout out to the URM Unstoppable Recording Machine guys for their summit. If you're not familiar with what they're doing and you're an aspiring producer, mixer, songwriter. They've got an incredible community um, and do all kinds of great educational stuff that I think would be appropriate for many of our listeners. Uh, once again, remind you guys for all your holiday shopping needs, head over to rockabilia.com. Use the code PCJabberJob for 15% off. If you're looking to build that great band website, Bandzoogle is your spot using that code MENTAL for 15% off. And with a code yet to be determined and a percent yet to be determined, you can go to by outerloopcoaching.com and get a discount on uh, release it right, which is our product that covers many of the things that are talked about here. We will link that in the show notes. Blasco, it's always a pleasure to get to do this with you. i um, sorry that we couldn't do it in person, but happy that you and your family are safe and um, we'll get back to it, you know, uh, next week.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, everybody.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace. Bowie. podcasts This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network